Hi everyone, and welcome to Crime Science. In this podcast, we explore the science of crime and the practical application of this science for loss prevention and asset protection practitioners, as well as other professionals. Welcome everybody to another episode of Crime Science, the podcast. This is the latest in our weekly update series, and I'm joined by Tony D'Onofrio and Tom Meehan, fire producer Diego Rodriguez, associate producer Wilson Gabarino, and today we're going to talk with you all uh, about a few topics. Again, as we mentioned before, back from the National Retail Federation's annual big show, uh, a lot of interaction, engagement with all the right types of people, a lot of loss prevention, asset protection practitioners, law enforcement practitioners. We were up there with all types of tech designers and uh, influencers and beyond in the retail industry, all working toward the same thing to create safer, more profitable, uh, and more exciting venues to shop in uh, and ways to continue to enable our society to grow and go um, and up our lifestyles and, and everything else. So the pro- productivity and these things are critical for us. And uh, so what we'll do is kind of highlight a little bit about what all happened there Uh, As we go around the room, um, I want to take a couple minutes to also talk about uh, updating on the LPRC. Of course, Uh, we've got uh, our now that we've completed our kickoff conference, as mentioned, uh, I think we're about at 100 people in the room for kickoff. Very exciting. Uh, We actually had to institute a a wait list, uh, something that's pretty new for LPRC. We've tried to always find venues to accommodate all our members. But as we grow and as our members continue to engage even more across the the six events and uh, in our working groups and so on, we're now having uh, to make sure that we have we can accommodate all the engagement. So very exciting. A lot of discussions around the upcoming LPRC Integrate program, what we're going to be trying to accomplish with this program, where that's going to hopefully lead us. Uh, A little bit about our board of advisors meeting coming up on the 22nd of February. As what we call Ignite as we light the way for the 2023 season at LPRC. Um, we'll be going through the, the key issues as far as growth and success management, uh, our strategy and our strategy and our visioning sessions that we're getting ready to conduct here. Uh, where are we? Where do we want to go? How do we need to get there? Um, and get the feedback from our members and different perspectives, our team members here, of course, our board of advisors and beyond. We'll also be uh, hosting our LPRC Innovate program, our advisory panel, our partners, uh, the 30 retail companies who uh, contribute one or more of their innovators in the AP space primarily, uh, as well as uh, 11 right now at this point and growing solution partners that are involved in driving and members of the advisory panel. Uh, They also, as we've talked about before, provide the resources for the LPRC to grow our research and innovation team. And because of funding that's come from our uh, Innovate partners, we've now been able to add an additional research scientist and our research technologist. So that's giving us the bandwidth, the capability to do more, to do more professionally, to do more uh, quickly, uh, turn around even more projects and so forth. Uh, So we'll be going through with both the board of advisors and the Innovate advisory panel, uh, where they want us to go, where, how we get there, what are the gaps and opportunities? How do we close those gaps and, and reach those opportunities and leverage their expertise, their energy, their ideas, their contacts and connections that they've got 
in their efforts as well as ours. So um, we're looking forward to that. The Integrate, Integrate program, again, is coming together. Um, now, just closing in about 50 technologies will be involved in this per, this first event to learn how to, again, conduct uh, this type of uh, fairly complex but highly realistic scenario uh, while integrating this the tech stack uh, together um, with in all different forms, the sensors, the connections, the analytics, the dispersal and uh, informative information that we need out there. Um, so that all is underway. Uh, we, we're also now talking with the potential evaluators where we'd like to have one evaluator for each red, white, and blue team uh, to help us get better, help them get better um, together, how to learn these types of things. Uh, and now having the um, Santa Fe Public Safety Institute, in other words, uh, the major police academy and fire training and so on in North Florida, in there advising us, uh, the University of Florida Police Department, and, and others that are very familiar with running tabletops and war games. Uh, we feel like uh, we're going to do a fairly good job. We have hopefully a professor we'll announce later from University College London who has uh, been involved in planning and executing major, major tabletops and war games in Europe from Spain through the UK um, to help us as well. So with no further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Tony D'Onofrio uh, Tony, if you could take it away. Thank you, Reed, for all those great updates. Uh, this week, I also want to focus on the NRF uh, Big Show. And as I said in my article, uh, summarizing uh, the event itself, which I'm actually going to talk about in, the, in this update this week, it really did not disappoint. Uh, I summarized uh, a post or a social media post uh, during the week, which went viral, and that post was, that's a wrap. Uh, first, I started with an inspiring retail ROI Super Saturday. It was followed by an astounding number of uh, customer meetings or retailer meetings. I also attended a roaring 20s Rethink Retail Top 100 Influencers Party. I hosted the NRF Loss Prevention Council. I was there and kicked off and was the marshal at arms of the Loss Prevention Research Council uh, initial meeting at Bloomingdale's. I was named the top uh, 10 NRF original Twitter. And uh, during the week uh, on LinkedIn, there were 45,000 plus impressions. And my in, uh, engagement went up more than 100%. I walked nearly 90,000 steps. I also launched multiple technologies for prosecutor in the RFID space. And I did my usual trend spotting uh, for this article that I'm actually highlighting today. And most of all, and what was important to me, lots of new friends and, uh, and past friends. It was great to get together. It was really, really an outstanding NRF 2023. So in my article, I listed the two big hits and two misses for NRF uh, uh, 2023. Uh, the first big hit to me is the uh, Retail ROI Super Saturday. It's really the hidden secret, uh, maybe not so hidden. Each Saturday, just prior to the NRF Beach, Big Show, retailers, industry analysts, and solution providers gather in New York for this unique conference. It's a fast-paced, full day of both emotionally, emotionally filled uh, updates and stories from the Retail Orphan Initiative 
and also uh, re, uh, the latest insight in terms of what's happening to the retail industry. This year, it was held at the Microsoft offices near Times Square. There were over 220 executives uh, that came together and they raised 300, over $380,000 to help vulnerable children and orphans around the world. Since 2010, Retail ROI has funded 281 projects in 28 countries from grants of over $4 million, helping an estimated 311,000 vulnerable children. The great thing is you also pick up some really great data. There was lots of uh, presentations and panels. There was one on customer experience, one on the future of retail, and also the latest update on the hot technologies uh, going into 23. For example, they listed RFID, and they stated that in 2022, those already using RFID had 83% higher sales growth and 80% higher profit growth. So interesting data and really supports what I've been saying for a while, that inventory visibility is critical uh, to retail success going forward across uh, channels and RFID helps, but you can also use robotics and computer vision. Hit number two is really the NRF itself as the showcase of retail innovation. As I said at the beginning, transponding is my favorite sport at NRF. And if you analyze it this year, the, the keyword that came out, so the buzzword, the big word was artificial intelligence or AI. It was everywhere in the exhibits and the presentation. And they actually support what NRF predicted that in 2023, AI will shift from singles to doubles to home runs. Uh, also interesting at this NRF that uh, Silicon Valley has much greater competition uh, both France and Israel had larger contingents attending. In the Innovation Lab, you could also find a bunch of other countries. Both the Innovation Lab and the Startup Zones were great locations for technology inspiration. And I tried to spend time in each, but I ran out of time. There was so much to do. Uh, the buzzwords in the booths abounded. So lots of, again, AI was big, but there's also a lot of things being smarter, more intelligent integrated or connected, which is, I know is an important topic for LPRC, and everything is moving to real time. The cloud services company were there in full force, so Amazon Web Services was there, and they actually had a much better booth this year. They were showing their Just Walk Out uh, Amazon Go technology. They were also showing their Amazon Dash Smart Card, uh, both of which help with frictionless retail. Interesting this year, I also spent some time in Alibaba, and in fact, in the article, you'll see a picture of me in the Alibaba booth. Uh, as I said, pre-COVID, if you wanted to understand where retail was going, China was a place to look at, and Alibaba really was one of the leaders in the innovation at that time. COVID has slowed that down. Digital technologies are improving everywhere. In the Verizon uh, business booth, I actually had a hologram done on me and it was amazing how clear it was and again i encourage you to see it it's on linkedin it's amazing how far that technology has come as i said in the post uh, that i did in the in social media i called it beam me up retail beam me up retail and it's interesting the possibility from holograms in terms of customer service help desk and even with our dreadful uh video meetings that we all had 
The number of sensors uh, available in retail is also expanding. Uh, this includes, of course, RFID I mentioned earlier, but electronic shelf labels were also popular. Uh, computer vision were uh, in different pl places on the floor and also mentioned in presentations. I also had some, some time to spend with one of the members of the LPSC who mentioned that their AI technology is now deployed in 80,000 plus self-checkout lanes. Carts are getting smarter. There was lots of uh, smart carts with screens on them. But in my view, we're not moving fast enough. Of interest to me, especially for the Loss Prevention Foundation, uh, Loss Prevention Council and Foundation, is that uh, the importance of, of uh, loss prevention is increasing. So it's great to see uh, that David Johnston has been appointed as the new NRF Vice President of Asset Protection and Retail Operations. Uh, especially when you consider the following, which I mentioned in the article in the November earnings call, Target CEO reported 400 million loss due to inventory shrink and organized retail crime. And it, that same team came up in other calls. And according to the NRS own research, eight in 10 retailers surveyed report that violence and aggression associated with organized retail crime incidents increased in the past year. I also had the pleasure of hosting 25 plus loss prevention executives on Tuesday night for the NRF uh, Loss Prevention Council. And top of mind was innovation, which is good news for the Loss Prevention Research Council. And I also enjoyed, of course, being with you in, at Bloomingdale. That was a great meeting and really uh, enjoyed seeing everyone. So let me close this section in terms of um, uh, what IHL Group said. Uh, were the top technology that are most important uh, for 2023. And this was presented both at a retail ROI and also at the big show. So their top five are geolocation, electronic uh, shelf label, ways for stores, mobile checkout, and better mobile tools for store associates. Uh, the support cast required for success that retail winners are already focused on using includes uh, RFID, edge computing, microservices, extended mobile communication to uh, places like the parking lot and updating point of sale. And finally, in closing, there are two misses that I think could have had a lot more exposure. I urge you all to go see what those two misses are in uh, my article. I will not go into details here, but the two big misses are live streaming and retail media. You can read about it all. Again, in my article that's on LinkedIn and also on my website, TonyDenorfio.com. So uh, in closing, uh, lots of uh, positive retail innovation leadership lessons from this NRF uh, 2023. Lots of rekindled friendships were especially, and they were especially positive uh, because I think we've been apart too long. Outstanding parties and dinners. And why a reminder that being in person is actually a great thing. So thank you uh, for this. And let me turn it over to Tom. Well, thank you, Tony. And thank you, Reed. This is our first taping uh, after the NRF Big Show. And thought I would start with that. The kind of common theme from my perspective was the digitization of the physical store. Uh, this was uh, one of the first years I really, really felt like the Big Show had um, 
a focus on shrink and asset protection. There were a lot of events driven around asset protection, and there was an, uh, what I would say, an overwhelming kind of approach of where even if the technology was designed for a CPG technology, consumer product goods technology, or pricing technology, or shelf technology, um, that certainly was customer first, but there was talk about the impact it could have on shrink. So I thought that was a, a big win. Um, the, certainly the coming of age of machine learning was uh, very relevant and in the forefront. I think for, for the last several years, we saw artificial intelligence uh, as at times a marketing buzzword. But this year, I felt like there were um, a little bit more focused on what machine learning could actually bring to the end user um, as the customer as well as the end user as the retailer. So really uh, thought it was great. The crowd was uh, engaging, uh, a tremendous amount of foot traffic. I think I walked uh, around 25 miles in the two days that I were that was there. Um, I uh, would say that I, I had numerous meetings and it was good to see you all. Um, as well as it was great to see Tony and Reed in person at the LPRC kickoff meeting, which I think uh, rounds out the week really well. Um, it's an annual meeting at Bloomingdale's to just really talk about what the LPRC is working on. And uh, it was a packed room. I think it was oversold. So it was a very, very good, interesting show for sure. Um, and, you know, I think that uh, what it really shows is the importance of people getting back together in person. And we talk about that all the time, but certainly we saw that in the real world as the show was just jam-packed. I want to switch gears and just cover a, a couple stories that are in the news. One, Meta, the parent company of Facebook, um, is actually uh, just won one lawsuit and started a lawsuit uh, against a company called Voyager. Uh, which was an intelligence gathering or a AI company that gathered information using uh, a scraping methodology. And very interesting for all of us who use uh, Facebook and social media for investigations purposes that in the state of California, it, it is going, uh, the lawsuit alleges that Voyager had, you know, created fake accounts, uh, 38,000 fake accounts and to collect information from more than 600,000 Facebook users. Uh, and this is that gray area where the violation of law versus violation of terms of services or misappropriation. So we often talk about here the importance of making sure that if we use any of these tools for investigation purposes that we have um, uh, you know, permission or guidance from our legal departments, uh, regardless of whether you're a public or private organization, it's very, very important to understand what the ramifications are of potentially violating a company's terms of services or stepping too far outside. Uh, basically, what this is, the, the 38,000 fake accounts were used um, to create a web and connect with people and then scrape data. Um, this is not a new technology, and by any standpoint, I think it's just meta is... Uh, the parent company of Facebook is going after this and saying you're taking advantage of um, of the terms of service. And, you know, again, I don't even say it's walking the line. You're clearly violating terms of service by opening and creating a fake account. So take a, take a glance at what, what your social media practices are um, in investigations and just make sure that you're partnering with your legal partners to make sure that what you're doing um, doesn't violate any laws.
uh, Apple released iOS 16.3. Uh, which is the first version to support hardware security keys. Um, I think this is is the coming of age where this is going to change kind of um, the way we we work uh, to prevent phishing attacks and through other types of attacks where this is um, you know really taking the next level of a hardware or near field communication from a Mac or uh, a MacBook to take that next layer of protection. I think we've talked about two-factor authentication uh, so many times here, but this really adds another layer of complexity where the devices have to be near each other. Um, this kind of takes away some of the unknowns that occur. And then I think just to, in breach conversations, we talk about breach or cyber instances, uh, Norton's LifeLock, uh, one identity protection service, um, uh, had uh, disclosed that they had a cyber incident where information was lost. I think it's still too, know, too new to know exactly what, it, what has occurred. I think um, they're at this stage, we're still investigating. But this is a kind of along the lines of you have a company that manages passwords uh, with a potential cyber incident. Um, I think in this case, they were, I don't think Norton itself had the, the, the actual loss. I think it had to do with... Um, this isn't actually a breach, um, and it sounds as if this was really more uh, people's accounts being accessed because of the re repeat repetitive passwords. Uh, credential surfing is what it's, it's also you know sometimes called, where someone's using your credentials and going throughout different uh, web services and trying to get in. So I think. Um, this is one of those ones where the news implies that this is a breach, but it really is more of a, a, a hack that sounds like it was a, occurred from people mis, misusing passwords and reusing it, unlike the last pass, which was an actual breach and cyber incident on their side. So more to come on that. Um, as of right now, it, it sounds like that it sounds more to me that the information was purchased on the dark web, uh, passwords of other people, and then someone went ahead and, and went after it. And uh, we continuously say that the importance of using individual passwords and not um, not repurposing passwords and using two-factor where you can. I think this is never going to go away. We continue to, to talk about that. And then... Last, uh, I think there's a, a, a lot of conversation. There was some around the NR Big Show about augmented reality and virtual reality. Um, again, this goes back to the meta announce, some of the meta announcements where they're uh, signed a pretty large deal. Facebook meta uh, for the metaverse signed a pretty large deal with the N, uh, the women's NBA and some other sports organizations uh, to actually sell virtual apparel on the metaverse. But it really talks about kind of where that situation is going. Another kind of security related news is that uh, Meta is, is mentioned that they will use end-to-end -end encryption in messaging throughout the metaverse. So really continuing down that path of where augmented and virtual reality is going to go. I think at the big show there was a lot more augmented and virtual reality than I've seen in the past as well as hologram technology. So I think as we continue to go down this technology path we will continue to see this. Uh, trend. And um, I think it's too premature to know where it will end. And with that, I will turn it back over to Tony and Reed. All right. Well, thanks so much, Tom. Thanks so much, Tony, for all that great information.
Um, I know that that uh, Wilson, that um, also Kim, but Diego you know, on our team are working to support us to look at ways that we're going to start to bring in criminology uh, guests. We're going to bring in LPAP practitioner guests. We're going to bring in our Innovate Advisory Panel uh, partners to discuss what they're doing to help us shape innovation at the LPRC uh, and what their role in that is. Uh, we're also going to be doing some short interviews with uh, some of the tech partners in the upcoming Integrate scenario and those that will be coming after that uh, to learn, again, their role in helping us put together and execute um, an unprecedented uh, learning experiences for all of us uh, as we deal with increasing uh, crime and violence. So uh, stay in touch. I want to thank all of you all for staying in touch with us. Stay tuned for more uh, from Gainesville, Florida. Thanks for listening to the Crime Science Podcast presented by the Loss Prevention Research Council. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can find more crime science episodes and valuable information at lpresearch.org. The content provided in the Crime Science Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not a substitute for legal, financial, or other advice. Views expressed by guests of the Crime Science Podcast are those of the authors and do not reflect the opinions or positions of the Loss Prevention Research Council.